Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. This is episode 46 of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. What up, dog? Hey, all right. Another Thursday, another Ravens game that we're not getting to watch. Yeah, but, yeah, hey. that's stupid, man. Like, I didn't even think about it, like, till after. But it just, you know, you got to go with you got to go, right? That's like, right. And you know what? It's all about the fans. It so is about the fans. We're willing right. to sacrifice. Of course, it is an exhibition game. If it were a regular season game, there's no way we'd be recording right, right now. Right, but right. Uh, as as it is a preseason game, uh, you know, it's all good. All right. There's well, still a bit of me wishes I was watching the game. But hey, my my, but I'm, I'm devoted. I'm I'm down with it. I'm here. I want to be here. Let's do this. I forgot to DVR it. Yeah, I did too. Okay, why don't you talk for a while? I want to run downstairs and set the DVR. All right, maybe. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, you know, we've said before it's it's it seems to be the slow time for TV, and you know, it didn't seem like it was slow last summer. I'm not sure what it is we were watching last summer. But- we were watching Lost Girl. Yeah. We're still doing an episode of the week. Well, then, true. But it, but it just seemed like when we were talking at the beginning of the podcast, hey, Wayne, what have you been watching? And oh, I've been watching Supernatural. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was watching Supernatural. That was a, that was, that was a big commitment. Right. That and took up a good couple of months of my life there. Well, you know, for me, it, Breaking Bad is still, I'm, I'm midway through season four now. I yeah. believe there's only five and I think they're done. The, this, Yeah. That's like what the, the one that's showing now, right? It's the last right. one. So I'll probably finish season four tomorrow or Saturday and then get started on season five over the weekend and probably be done by next week. And I feel bad because it's not really a genre show. Are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. Why do you feel bad? That's crazy, man. that's not my job. I mean, (laughs) you know. Right. So. True. But uh, yeah, I, I, I I was at a point where like, you know, what was that? I can't remember what I was watching. Before Warehouse 13. Oh, where, uh, no, no, um, uh, 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 Falling Skies. And so I finished season three of Falling Skies. I'm like, okay, what now? And I'm thinking, hmm, well, I kind of like, I've always been thinking about going back to Warehouse 13. And like I said, Netflix keeps popping it up in the what I should watch. You know, like Netflix is always suggesting Warehouse 13. Um, and I was thinking Breaking Bad as as well. Um, and so I kind of like, eh, da, 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 and I, I came up with, you know, Warehouse 13 and everything. So I think I'll probably watch Breaking Bad eventually. Right. But know. Warehouse 13 has got a lot of seasons, right? Like eight or nine, no, maybe? No, no, not that many? No, uh, five, I think five. This, oh, this well, was their fifth season. That was it. I mean, it got canceled. Oh, that's doable. Yeah. All right. Well, here's my question, you know, not to, am I sidetracking you? Uh, nope, not uh, yet. Okay. <laughs> um, I read an article somewhere online, and, and the gist of it was that there are only three good sci-fi shows on right now. Okay, like right 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 now? Yeah, well, I mean maybe they're in hiatus, but they're oh, still okay. they haven't I been canceled like, yet. Okay, so these are just shows that will be showing not like They'll be coming on back. in August, but okay, right. gotcha. so, what, so what are they? Um uh, uh okay, Revolution. Rev- uh, no, Revolution no. was not one of the three. And that okay. that was some I was going right, to bring okay, up. Okay, hold on. Sci-fi shows that are on. Now, right you now. mentioned one just a minute ago. Uh, 
Warehouse 13? No. Falling not... Skies. Oh, Falling Skies. Okay, right. Now, Warehouse 13 was not one of the three. Right. Well, it got but, canceled. But is that sci-fi or supernatural or um, a little of both? It's kind of a lot of both. Okay. There's, yeah. I mean, because I only saw the pilot when we did the pilot yeah, preview. Yeah, because, well, it's, it's funny because the, the science in there is very cyberpunk. Okay. You know, I think we talked about oh. this when we yeah. when we talked about it. Um, but, you know, they have like, you know, everything is, you know, it's like this advanced technology, but done, not cyberpunk, steampunks, I'm sorry, steampunk, cyberpunk, completely different um, genres. It's very steampunk, as okay. if you remember, uh, the whole warehouse and everything like that, right. the, the Edison car that they had to oh, hold yeah. on to the bar to, to run everything. So it's, but, you know, and then everything is just, you know, like stuff is weird, but they have like, yeah, so it's like technology we don't have yet per se, um, but also then um, it's, it's I, I probably would throw it more in supernatural, I guess, if I had to categorize it. But okay. it's, you know, kind of like, you know, I'm not saying it's like Lost Girl because it's totally not like Lost Girl, but in the way that it kind of crosses over some of those, okay. you know, like, like, you know, like the, 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 like making people fay or something like right. that kind of gene splicing yeah, that Lauren does is that's that's science fiction. I right. Mean, you know, it's within the realm of possible, but it's not possible right, right. now. Right. So. so all right. Well, Defiance was one of the three. Okay. And Continuum. All right. Well now see I just kind I, of a solid three. Yeah, well, I think it's a solid three. I'd probably move Revolution in yeah, over other than Defiance. Well, see, I'd probably over falling skies. Really? Yeah. Um, well, you just said you didn't really like season three, though. So. Yeah. I mean, it was not that I didn't like it. It's just that I thought seasons one and two were much better. I still liked it. But once we go beyond those four, what do we have? Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of supernatural out there, a lot of fantasy, a lot of horror. So it'll be interesting to yeah, see. I mean, so if these like four- straight up sci-fi. Right. Yeah, there's-, there's... I don't. I can't really think. Yeah. So if these four continue to do well, maybe there'll be some sort of resurgence. Sure. We'll see. But the Continuum is really like you know really finished strong and everything. And I, like I said, I think that their being on Netflix is really going to help. You know, I think a show like Continuum, like you know, when people find it there, then it'll really get a much bigger audience because it really is like just a top-notch show yeah season two did really well on sci-fi u.s we'll see and it did get renewed in the u.s i mean it, we, i think we thought it was a foregone conclusion but you never know you never know so that's good news um i'm back to picking up some andromeda I'm about midway through season four in andromeda so that's that's cool and i managed to find uh you know my season one disc so maybe you'll at some point get started uh yeah, at some point. Right now, yeah. I've got Warehouse 13 right now, and you know, maybe maybe after that. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'll actually get some sleep after that for a little bit. I don't know. Well, every time I say that, I, and I've been saying it all summer, it's like, yeah. all right, you know, I'm tired. I'll go to bed an hour early. Well, maybe just one episode of Breaking Bad. And, yeah. And then there I am. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't have just one. What, what was that? The uh, oh, Lace Potato Chips, right? Right. You can't, can't eat just one. You can't just watch... One show. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's no way you can just watch one show. And two is a stretch. Like, I, I, you know, if I could sit there and just watch two shows, I'm good. I, I've called myself disciplined, but uh, usually, like, I have to watch, like, three or four. Just, you know, so many of these shows, the one episode rolls into the other. All right. Well, let me stop you and stop me for a second here, because the listeners are like, dudes, what the hell's the topic of the show tonight? <laughs> yeah. Since you were deliberately vague yeah, on, we didn't, didn't mention it on Twitter. Well, we didn't mention it last time. Cause yeah, actually, you know, I did look at Twitter today and I saw 
Oh, yeah, you're being very Yeah, uh, I was being ambiguous. very vague, right. Yeah. Uh, we are going to look at the character of Vex tonight. So uh, we'll get to him in a few minutes. But uh, first... In the news section, I want to take a look at two, uh, I think they're really great uh, opportunities for sci-fi viewers, fantasy viewers, supernatural, basically people that like TV. And the first, you've probably heard the promo we've been running for TV Talk and, you know, full disclaimer, um, I guess technically I work for TV Talk. I do a show uh, about defiance and a show uh, about the killing. But basically, if you don't know what TV Talk is, it's a new, I guess basically you sign up for the TV Talk app for your smartphone. And basically what it is, it's a network of podcasts about TV shows. And the idea is that the podcasts are delivered to your smartphone or your tablet every morning by 4 a.m. after that show airs. And they are short 18 to 21 minute shows that, you know, they don't have any news segments, no ancillary segments. It's just last night's episode, two hosts talking about it, and they cover everything from America's Got Talent to Dancing with the Stars to, you know, the genre shows that we love. So, you know, they have the, uh, you know, the app for Apple iOS and also Android. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play as well. So it, it's definitely something worth checking out, tvtalk.com. And, you know, they're bite size. And, and I've gotten a big kick out of listening to other people talk about these shows that, that we watch in 20 minutes is, you know, with my short attention span, <laughs> that's just right. about right. Like I, you had all that written on a little business card. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the other thing is they've also uh, implemented a section where the listeners can then leave a feedback clip so that on the uh, smartphone app, uh, you know, I think it just says, and as I've said, I'm cell phone challenged. I don't even have a smartphone, so I haven't actually seen the app myself. Now, the other one is Get Glue, and I'm pretty new to that, and it's, uh, I was just telling you about it tonight. It's basically social media for TV fans and, you know, getglue.com, you sign up for an account. And just like Facebook, you know, what TV shows do you watch? And uh, you put Doctor Who and it, you click on it and it puts a little Doctor Who picture on your page. And then once you've set up basically your profile of shows that you follow, you check in. And when you check in, uh, all of a sudden, like when I checked in tonight, the first post was so-and-so posted a picture from Torchwood. And then just like on Facebook, you've got a little comment box and it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's, I think it's a good way to look at a, what people are saying about a particular show in a, you know, kind of concise environment. And then once I looked at uh, Torchwood, then I, you know, click on Continuum, click on Lost Girl and pretty interesting. And, and to be honest, I just see some of the same names sure. that we run into. That sounds like something I should just stay away from. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you know, like a heroin addict saying, okay, here's where you can get heroin. Well, you know, uh, you know or a gambler. I, I here's know. the directions to Atlantic city. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but you can win stickers. Oh, you didn't say that. Yeah. Oh. Virtual stickers. And then when you get a certain number of stickers, they'll actually, may I have no idea what these, I mean, I'm not making that part up, but I, I don't know, but that's what we did to potty train my kids is we, we gave them stickers. Nice. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's the same kind of conditioning going on here. 
But uh, but anyway, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I've managed to just usually check in once a day. And to be honest, I don't know. The, 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 the posts are really short. And maybe it's because, I mean, it's it launched in 2010. So I don't want to say it's relatively new. But I think a lot of people, you know, like us, are just discovering it. So the real hardcore nerds take over. Maybe the posts will get longer and more involved. Who knows? That's it hey, for the those, news. Those hardcore nerds are our audience, man. So absolutely. Well, hey, that's us too. We're, <laughs> we're in that group. All right. So we said we're going to talk about Vex, and Wayne's going to, you know, talk a little bit in Project X tonight about Vex and his powers. <laughs> So, Vex is a mesmer. So I thought, oh, mesmerism. That's like, you know, when you just control people with your mind or something like that. You hypnotize them and get them to do your will. Uh, no. <laughs> As in most things, what uh, the uh, popular belief of what something is and, and what it actually is is much different. The thing that it actually is is, you know, oftentimes a lot less interesting than the thing that you thought it was before. So basically, Franz Mesmer was this Viennese Viennese doctor who believed in animal magnetism, that all animals project a magnetic force, uh, and he believed that they could heal people. And originally, he he tried to cure people by like having them drink something that had like little bits of iron in it, and they put magnets at certain parts of their body, and this was supposed to help them and not kill them, as you would assume would actually happen. Um, and so he would then, but then he 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 dumped the idea of using actual magnets when using like a, the force of your body, and he would like put his hands on certain parts of your body and 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 you know press or hold certain parts of your body, and then that would you know oft, sometimes on hours he you know you know put his hands in, and this was supposed to help people, and uh, you know even back in the day like no one really bought it. But know? what what time period was this? Just generally. He he was a, a patron for Mozart actually. He, oh okay. He had uh, um, one of Mozart's uh, co- compositions uh, that that fell through. Like, so whoever was going to produce it did not. Mesmer uh, jumped in and and uh, perf- had it performed like in his backyard or something like that. So until 18th century, I should say, not, not okay. 1800s. Um, but so you know even like. He had like you know he had to actually leave Vienna because he got into like you know there's a spot of trouble there and uh, he set up stakes in Paris, uh, but he never like no one ever really kind of took him seriously even in the day and nowadays like the the idea this idea is kind of like you know gone by the wayside there, there are some alternative medicine um, theories that still kind of use this to to some degree so it hasn't totally gone away but but basically it really hasn't really held water. Uh, and hasn't actually, you know, gotten a lot of respect in the, in the scientific community per se. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> thinking mesmerism, again, another case where what is popular, popularly held to be the truth is, is far from the truth. And, and the, you know, the, the fiction is, is infinitely more interesting than the reality. But if I said, who would you say is one of the most famous mesmers ever? Would you? You know, like a person believed to be have hypnotic oh, oh, powers. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, gosh. Well, Charles Manson, but no, yeah. um, no. 
Who? Would you say Rasputin? I would. Yes. Okay. That's what, that's what I thought. The first yeah. thing is, oh, Rasputin, you know? So you go on and you start reading about Rasputin and, you know, because you think he was, he's supposed to have had these magical mental abilities that he was able to cure the Tsarevich's uh, hemophilia. And then he also had control over the Tsarina and the Tsar by his, you know, hypnosis or whatever. And uh, uh, it, it seems like modern history is actually kind of, whereas at the time he was seen as this great evil kind of power behind the throne, evil force, I think a lot of uh, now it's kind of turned the other way around. In fact, I think it looks like Leonardo DiCaprio might play him in, in a movie. Um, so if Leo's going to play him, obviously he must be a good guy, right? But you know, it turns out like really like maybe the, the remedies that he had for the Tsarevich was instead of like using hypno hypnosis or mesmerism was just like, okay, you know, drink a lot of milk and get some rest and stuff like that. Like they found letters to the Tsarina and that his, you know, his, he didn't say, my mind control yesterday worked out beautifully. You know, it was just like kind of normal, pragmatic advice. Um, another thing, obviously, the, the next thing besides his, his believed supernatural powers that Rasputin had was the, the story of his death, right? Famously that he was uh, stabbed, then shot by a bunch of people. No, I'm sorry, poisoned, stabbed, shot, and drowned. And then they, they find the body and there's like, you know, like water in the lungs. So they say, hey, this guy was still alive. He, he died by drowning, not uh -huh. by shooting or stabbing or anything like that. And, uh, and it appears that the, the, the actual story is, though he, he was found in the river, but he was probably like already dead because he had a bullet like right between his head. But the interesting, what I didn't know is that nowadays they believe that the killing shot to his forehead was delivered by a member of the British Secret Service. Because oh. apparently, like, it was undeniable that Rasputin did have some manner of control and influence over the Tsar. And apparently he was a, he was a softy on, on the war. You know, he wanted uh, Russia, you know, I guess is worried. So the, the story is now this, you know, the British send the guy over. And um, he still, had, like, you know, like had a couple of Russian guys shot him. But the, the one that went between the head, I guess, was from a, a British revolver. I didn't know that. So, uh, so now again, that's 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 definitely not a that's like a theory. Uh, I don't think it's been proven for sure, but uh, you know, it looks like it can uh, can potentially hold water there. But so anyway, again, the you know where the the fiction is right. As John Ford said, when between the the truth and the fiction, print the fiction, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that's uh, I'm going to go with the the other stories about Rasputin because it's much more interesting than the the truth. Well, you know, just what's in a name vex um, to bring trouble, distress, or agitation to. So, I mean, that's obviously a perfect uh, name for this character. Now, the actor's name is Paul Amos, as we all know, and he is not Canadian. Right. He's Welsh. And, you know, again, these days you, you might say, well, what did you think? But you never know. I mean, we thought Tatiana Maslany was British and she turned out to be Canadian and just putting, right. putting and on the, that the accent. Guy, the guy playing Felix is Canadian right. as well. And right. So he uh, is Welsh. So we assume his accent is relatively his own. Uh, but he did. But it's, it's not. It's not definitely not a Welsh accent. Okay. It's it's definitely more of a uh, kind of a London uh, working class type okay. accent. I think. So. Well, he moved to Toronto in 1995, and and now. Uh, I forget where he, he oh, doesn't so he live in Canadian. Toronto. What's that? Well, so he kind of is well, Canadian. he is kind of Canadian, but um, you know, but he really, I mean, it, I think it really is fair to say that the character of Vex on Lost Girl really is his big break, because you, you look at his you know resume on IMDb and 
you know, he's got a lot of one-offs on TV, but really not even that many. He did have a brief recurring role on Murdoch Mysteries, which is a Canadian detective show set in the 1890s, and it's critically acclaimed. It, it does really well, and it's still running. But he did, he did about six or seven episodes there. But that's pretty much it. Um, now, he is starring, though, in the indie film Sex After Kids, which also stars Zoe Palmer and Chris Holden Reed, and also Katie Boland, who played the Morgan's assistant. You remember that yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but apparently he is the star of this, and, and Zoe Palmer has a you know major role in it as well. So, you know, that's interesting. Now, the other thing, and, and you are definitely going to want to check this out, his current project that he's doing with Chris Holden Reed is an animation of Captain Canuck. It was a superhero sort of like Captain America. You know, I looked at it. Episode one is available online, and, and I put a link on the uh, website so that you can you know, check that out. It's about maybe a five-minute, and I'm not sure exactly what you would call it. I mean, I would say it's not full motion. It's, it's one of these things where there's a little bit of motion, and then it's like the camera zooms in on the character. And, and I know I'm not describing it very well, but it really is cool looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the idea is that they want to, you know, start out with web-based episodes and then, you know, turn it into a TV series. But doing voices, aside from the two of them, Laura Vandervoort, from v, the blonde from V, the daughter oh, of okay. Anna. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gotcha. And Tatiana Maslany. Oh, nice. Uh, is in the first episode. So, you know, it's really stylized and it's really cool and it's definitely worth taking a look at. So, you know, I I really think it's safe to say based on his work in Lost Girl as Vex, uh, I would think he's, you know, got a nice career ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, he does obviously an amazing job as, as Vex. Um, you know, I, I, I just trying to think like trying to imagine him as like, in, as anyone else is tough, not that he couldn't, because obviously that's what actors do, you know. Um, but just he just infects Vex so much, you know. Like, I, like it's one of those things. Like, you couldn't imagine any other actor being Vex, and it's tough for me to imagine him being someone besides Vex. But, uh, but uh, when that movie comes out, definitely have to go see that for sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's out. It's just that I oh. had a hard time finding it anywhere. Uh, so I don't okay. know if it's on Netflix. I've seen. You know, there are some four-minute clips available. Anyway, What's it well, called again? it's called Sex After Kids. Obviously, we're introduced to him in episode eight of season one, Vexed. And as I understand it, that was actually the pilot. It just didn't. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, we talked about that. Right. Um, so, you know, we're introduced to this English-accented Mesmer who's responsible for using mind control to force Luann to kill her family. And we see this really flamboyant character is like high-pitched voice, almost girl-like, that in contrast with this brutal, cold-blooded killer, right? I mean, very cool, dressed all in black. Um, we see him when he goes to Siegfried, who is a vampire, and apparently Siegfried is in trouble with the Dark Fae because he's apparently been telling family secrets and we learn that Vex is apparently the Dark Fay enforcer or hitman. And I think all the listeners remember the scene when he forces him to put his hand down the garbage disposal. It's tough to unsee that scene. Exactly. <laughs> and I think right away, one of the things we see to, to 
you know, quote a line from Kira Cameron in Continuum, Vex is complicated. He is. Uh, at first, he's not, though, because he's just a straight up bad guy. He's just guy. evil, right, right. exactly. He's just an, an excellent bad guy. And then, uh, lo and behold, all of a sudden, he's now with the good guys and everything. And, uh, and so he, you know, but then again, he still has these lapses into bad guyism. Uh, but eventually, in the end, comes out to be a, a good guy, and you know, ultimately, is actually helps. Well, I, we, I, we don't even know what he's actually. I mean, we know he's got the Morgan kind of bound up, but it's actually not the first time that that's happened, right? right. So, um, well, I mean, one one of the things you know in in his relationship with Bo, um, you know, right away in, in, in this episode, he she goes to the club, armed to the teeth, and she's intent on killing Vex because. You know, she finds out that he's responsible for, you know, making Luann do what she did. Well, he's supremely confident that she doesn't stand a chance against him, makes her plunge the knife into her stomach, says, you're the first person I'm going to enjoy killing. But, you know, that's his first meeting with her as well. Uh, he also apparently knows who, who her, her mother is. Right. Because at that point, you know, that's obviously still a big plot point in the show. You know, w- with Bo seems to hit on her an awful lot. You know, one, one of the things we'll talk about is his sexuality. Well, yeah, and that's whether he, because he flirts with a lot of people of both sexes, actually, uh, kind of, it seems. Um, yeah, as far as his, what his actual sexuality is, we, we don't know. We do know some of the things he's into. Right? Yeah. You know, we know he's into torture and we know he's into uh, bondage and, uh, and everything, but... Uh, as far as as straight up, you know whether he's well, he seems to make more comments to again towards Bo and the Morgan. You know, outside right. of that, I mean, there really aren't a whole lot. You know, so you know whether he, but you then know. you know, like showing up at the police department and kind of that and and uh, in, in all that leather and kind of wanting, you know, saying how well, he actually, was, there wasn't he, that much leather. Right, her right, shorts were right, pretty short. Right. <laughs> um, and and then. Uh, you know, kind of talking to Dyson, like, you know, wanting to be his partner, whether he's, you know, for real about that or not. Um, you know, so I, I just, I don't think necessarily he was exactly necessarily hitting on Dyson, but it, it seems like he could, you know, he could be. So it's like, yeah. it's, we just know that if it's something that's kind of not traditional, then, you know, Vex is probably kind of into it a little bit. Well, in, uh, it's better to burn out than fade away, which is uh, the first episode. Actually, he appears in two episodes in season one. He appears in three episodes in season two and four episodes in season three. And in uh, episode six, it's better to burn out than fade away. That, that's when we see him with his S&M mistress. And, you know, the interesting thing there is the fact that he's into being dominated, Right, right. That he yeah. has a dominatrix. Yep. So yeah. yeah, he's 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 yeah he's the submissive. He's the one that likes to get you know tied up. But then he also has that VIP room where you know it's like they have um, you know where where humans are brought in to that, that's all about inflicting pain, right? And everything. Right. Um, so it's just I mean he's just definitely got a a, a streak to him that's uh, that's really really dark, no question about it. But you know, then that's like the the paradox, right? Because he's got this kind of this this, this darkness in him, uh, and then combine that with what at times 
turns out to be kind of heroic, I guess, uh, you know, in the end. Mm. Uh, but he's like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call him a hero, but it may, may be anything in anti-hero me i don't know just like you know he, he kind of ultimately does the right thing despite himself i guess you know and uh he doesn't want to he doesn't intend to at first like when he goes to you know he goes to kill kenzie uh not kenzie um Bo dyson and and uh tamsin i mean that's what he goes to do that he doesn't go to to you know to weaken at the last moment like he, well not weaken but to you know to to not do it, he do, he goes to do it, um, but just Kenzie convinces him not to, and ultimately he saves Kenzie rather than going there and killing. So, uh, you know, like, he's 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 complex. He well, he complex. is, and and it, it makes me think of the episode when they go to fight the Garuda, and Bo determines that she needs Vex, and at this point, obviously, all we've seen light versus dark, dark versus light, that the two of them are, are at each other. You know, is she going to be the great uniter? Uh, she tells the Morgan, I need Vex. And of course, Vex is in the dungeon because he took some compromising photos of the Morgan. But then we later learn he actually did it on purpose, right. that he wanted to be in prison because he felt he was safer. But, you know, the fact that he is kind of the crossover character working with the light now he also, though, nearly brings the whole plan down because he doesn't take the injection. Right. And the, you know, the, the lamest uh, injection, non-injection ever, like just no one questioned when he you know spills the vials and says, oh, I'll do it. And then he, you know, Jams pretends himself. to do it and then throws it in the core and smashes it. So there's like you know, no evidence that he actually did do it. And, and everyone's just like. Oh, okay. Well, clearly he he actually did inject it. Whereas in reality, I, and I think it's probably my my really back then was just it's just totally ridiculous that anyone bought this whole charade. Well, what about when she place. when Lauren finally figures out what the problem is that that you know the the link is is not uh, tight because he you know he's really squeamish when he gets the uh, right the injection from her. Yep. And yeah, and there's certain that's that's another like little tick about his character. You know, like he doesn't like. You know, shots isn't like injections, but he does like kimonos and fuzzy slippers. He does. Now, uh, again, I, th I think one of the constant themes tonight is that he's complex and that, you know, really, is he on the dark side? Is he on the light side? And, and at the end of the third season, we're still not exactly sure which side, you know, it, it seems as if he wants to be on the dark. But if you go back to, to episode 11 in season one, which is Fatal Justice, uh, that's, you know, they, they go in and we, you know, we learn that you know, that's when we learn that Vex works for the Morgan and that's when the, uh, uh, we have ball and you know, that, that, that he's killed. Bo tells them that the bartender, you know, that good looking guy that he actually killed ball. And then he discovers that, you know, he's been found out. He starts to run and Vex steps in and stops him from running. And I think that's a pretty significant seen because he's dark fay and you know why would he care i mean i mean what, what's the main difference between dark fay light fay i mean as i see it it's the human yeah it's it's well but then we see a lot of light fay that have kind of that same Problem. attitude um you know i mean the light fay are, are not averse to feeding off humans you know and everything so yeah what is 
the difference? That's, yeah. that's an excellent question. Because... Yeah, I mean, it really does. I mean, we, we certainly see the leader of the dark in, in the morgue and that, that she, I mean, is she devious? Yes, of course. Is she evil? Well, I mean, mm, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but... Well, but, you know, if we look at a character like Lachlan, though, and everything, say, you know, could we say the same things about, could we say the same thing about the original Ash? Right. And I think when you think about leaders, you know, anywhere that they sometimes have to do. Well, look at look at Hale. Right. right. Sure. Look at look at the compromises he has to make. So, um, yeah, it's you know obviously you know we're we're supposed to think at first you know the light fae are good and the dark fae are bad, but then it's like well you know that's not that's not quite it. These aren't the these aren't the Sith and the Jedi. It's not as clear cut as that. You know the, the characters are complex. Um, and can we? Trust Vex? I I think ultimately yes. I think especially and what redeems him is is Kenzie. Yes, I mean exactly. And and I think to take one more point from uh, Fatal Justice in season one, you know, remember that's the episode where Dyson's being accused of right. the murder, and Vex is really the one that you know that that exacts the justice and and right. uh, well, he tortures Dyson, and at the end. They they leave Silas to him, right? Right. And, he says uh, the evening won't be a total loss. Yeah, and, and that he enjoys killing. Yeah, and torture. And torture. So, which is uh, like I said, I mean, that that's that's the dark side, right? I mean, that's not good. That's not laudable. No, <laughs> you know, that's uh, but uh, you know that that he is so willing and and to uh, to not just kill but torture as well. Okay, but but you just mentioned Kenzie, and, and obviously mm -hmm. a lot of that you know, builds up to, to really the kind of the uh, crescendo maybe is a little overstating it, but in season three where, you know, the, that finally they bond over the makeup, but really that's, it's been a, a while coming that the two of those, two of them are really a lot alike. Right. And it's only when he loses his, his power and um, basically becomes human that uh, in his humbled state that uh, he discovers while everyone else mocks him right and you know and actually are pretty nasty to him for the most part uh kenzie and boat not only you know they take him in you know and that even for someone who is maybe as as morally dubious as as vex i think that strikes a chord with him ultimately that um that you know they took him in and kenzie actually befriends him and thinks that you know, in that that showdown between the two, he's like, "Well, is this the point where you tell me that I'm better than this?" And she's yeah. like, "You are better than this," you know. Like, so she sees in him probably what uh, no one else really has. has and, and he cares that she's disappointed in him. Yeah, you know. And, and I think that so in season two is kind of where we see him. You know, obviously he joins the light fay in the fight against the Garuda. Now, whether you, you know he, he's on loan from the dark fae which is kind of you know what we see that he hasn't changed sides because we we've talked about that we're, we're not even sure you're allowed to right and you know it, it seems the evidence would be that you're not you know like you're you're in whichever side you choose that's that's you for life um, um so right uh but within the dark fake community, you know, one of the things that, that he tells Bo is that, you know, he's more popular with the dark fake elders than the Morgan is. And that's, you know, the, that's really the source of their conflict. And, and obviously, you know, th this is not, you know, about the Morgan, but I mean, certainly, you know, one of the things that, that you have to 
look at is his relationship with the Morgan and that, you know, obviously he's her enforcer. Um, he certainly thinks he's more powerful than she is. And for a long time, I can remember when we were talking about what's her power. Right. And well, then we do find out. We're yeah. not exactly sure what it is she does, but. She's, well, she's a, a Leon seed. Okay. And, uh, she can. Um, Turn people to dust or a puddle yeah. of goo or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, but, but yeah, I think, you know, basically she, she can like influence, right? I think it's, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I have to get back to, I know I did a, a project act on that one, but. Uh, but, but he thinks she's out to get him because she's afraid, you know, so that he's got that paranoia about, sure. about her. Uh, now he can physically control her when he has his power. Um, and the other thing is he doesn't seem to be afraid to jerk her around. Right. Which, you know, it's – then on the other hand, he's – He's afraid of needles. And, yeah, he's yeah. afraid of needles. And, and uh, you know, eventually he does show fear over her powers. And, and you wonder, you know, with her is, you know, does she really withhold using her powers? I mean, again, we're not talking about the Morgan tonight, but – it's an interesting relationship the two of them have. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they're always at odds with one another, it seems. But then, um, you know, at the end of it's it's better to fail out than uh, it's better to burn out than to fail away. They're, they're all good, right? Even after, you know, being after each other the whole episode, um, at the end, it's like, okay, we're cool. Yeah, you know, and just, oh, which came out of nowhere, yeah. right? Which which yeah. was what made that. Uh, so, so you know, great. they they I guess they 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 have that kind of bond of being the, of the dark fae, where you know I guess you know they say blood is thicker than water. Right. Is that the saying? I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I just took, but you know where basically you know that's like your family. You know, your side is, is your family, and and you might not always get get on very well, but uh, ultimately, what are you going to do? Right. Right. And, and, you know, he wants, obviously he wants, he needs her approval. He needs to be accepted back to the dark side. So then the question becomes, well, why has he been banished if that's what it is? I mean, I thought he was on loan to fight the Garuda. I mean, defeating the Garuda benefited the dark fae, I thought. Well, yeah, though, the, the, the Morgan was kind of counting on it. Not like she was counting on the, the Garuda winning, right? That she was, that was the whole thing. That I, I can't remember what that that stuff she was trying to get. That she made Bo get and everything, right? Was basically you know to kind of you know capitalize on on the the Garuda's impending victory, um, right? But then why would she think that the Garuda was not going to then just roll over? I don't think she cared. Like I mean, you know, like we've said a number of times, she just loves chaos and yeah. people fighting, and then she gets bored with everyone getting along, so. And I think Vex, to some degree, is is like that as well. You know that he's uh, he prefers chaos and and everything. And uh, so, it, you know, it's a big step for him to you know fight for the side of order by trying to maintain order over chaos and anarchy. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess on the one hand, is he the dark fae representative? Did you know was he put out there for that reason, or uh, or was it just because you know? I mean. Part of it, I I kind of thought that because he lost his power, like he didn't want to go back. You know? Right. Like the only place he can, the only place that will take him, is the doll, which is for light right. and dark. But even there, he gets bullied. Right. So he goes to the only place that where he's safe at all, and that's at 
Bowen Kenzie's. Right. And that's the interesting thing that she says she needs him and he doesn't have his powers. Right. So, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and it's, it's that whole thing. I call it, uh, mesmertile dysfunction. You know? Nice. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Lauren basically kind of does, uh, you know, equate what he's going through with, with impotence, suggesting that part of, part of his age and it's psychological, there's nothing physically wrong. Um, not that I would know any of this stuff, but I'm just saying, you know, and it's kind of funny uh, about that because, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, he's a great comic actor and, and uh, when he plays Vex for laughs, it is, it is quite funny. Um you know, she even does it, gives him a pan. I love the giving him the pamphlet, you know, like, you know, here, there's like, I get a pamphlet about this. It's well, like, you know what? There are a lot of great scenes, obviously, with Lauren. That may be one of my favorite. She's so understated and it's yeah. just, it's just so funny. Yeah, it is a really, really funny scene. And then to, you know, kind of back that up with him, you know, pouring out his heart to to trick at the doll and, and then trick like pulls out the earplugs like, what? <laughs> It's like, you know, like he get, he can't get any respect anywhere. Here's a guy, when you think about the difference between when we first saw him, you know, with uh, Siegfried and, and how absolutely scary, dangerous he was in season one, and now where he's like, you know, a, a, the butt of a joke and everything. So it's almost like who can blame him for like trying, lashing out, um, even though it's against the, you know, basically the hand that, that, that fed him and, and Bo and Lauren, but... You know, he's just sick of being pushed around. He's he's a guy who's used to commanding respect and fear, and uh, he loses his power all of a sudden. You know, it's it turns totally the other way around, and you know, payback's a bitch. I guess is what they say. Yep. Now the other, you know, one of one of the things as I was doing the rewatch and preparing for this, he's at the doll and he's at the bar and he's drinking, you know, some hard liquor, and um, he finds out that. Trick is the Blood King, which he clearly did not know, immediately replaces the bottle. But I, I found that interesting. I mean, we know that Trick has been keeping that on the down low, but I don't know. I guess I just thought that was interesting. That, that well, as long as he's been around and he doesn't know Trick's the Blood King, like, really? Yeah. Like, you know, he says he hung around Da Vinci. So, you know, certainly, right? Da Vinci, yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, I mean, he's been around a long, long time. Well, see, and that's the thing. Really, though, outside of Dyson, where we have that 200-year figure that was thrown out there, we don't really know right. for we, sure. We we don't know for sure. I right. Mean, I mean, we know Bo is only, you know, what, roughly 30. 30, 30 yes. You know. But, uh, well, into season three, and, and he appears in the first three episodes of season three, fairly major presence in all three episodes and then he doesn't appear until the season finale but episode one was caged Faye, which wasn't one of my favorite episodes of yeah, it the, wasn't a great one of the third season but you know he he does show up at the police station offering as you mentioned earlier his services as dyson's partner now that hails the ash and uh, but he does provide some information that you know that whole idea that a high percentage of the prisoners do their time, reoffend, and end back, uh, end up back at Hecuba. He makes these comments while there are plenty. Because remember, you know, most of these police officers are human, and he doesn't seem to be worried at all about blowing Dyson's cover. And then the question is, well, how does he know this about the prison? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the stuff we from Vex we just take as again he's 
been around a long time, so he knows stuff, right? right. And, and he's, he knows, like, especially the, the darker aspects of the Fae world, he is extremely familiar with. Right. Now, the, the only other scene in, in Caged Fae is, is towards the end when he and Kenzie come to see Dyson at the station, and you alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago, where he's wearing his little leather shorts and his suspenders and his little crop top, and he, I think believe he's probably carrying a whip of some sort. Um, I, you know, I don't even know what to make of that in terms of trying to get a handle on Vex's character. Is it purely for shock value? Well, I think also that in, in season three for a lot of it, they just used him for kind of like cheap laughs you yeah. know, and everything. Yeah, whereas it was kind of Kenzie in the first two seasons, and then he, he sort of provided the comic relief. Right, because Kenzie got too serious. Right. <laughs> but but uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the problem I have with it is, is just that, um, you know, they, they reduced this complex character to, a, you know, kind of a, a running joke about, you know, wearing leather and, you know, suggestions of right because up to that point i mean it was like you know the all black it was yeah it was very cool i mean you know the one guy i forget which episode it was in where he makes the comment oh I be- actually i believe it's in the next episode subterfanian anybody ever tell you you look like oh, robert smith robert smith of the cure yeah, as he says i tell you you know so he looks really cool i mean yeah. so it just seemed out of place all right so anyway i think some- he looks cooler than, than robert smith well i so agree I huge agree. cure fan right now all right now subterfanian he again, had a really prominent role in, and that's where, you know, she and Vex, again, now they're kind of, you know, working together. And, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, I read an interview with Paul Amos, and one of the things that came up in the interview was the whole idea of his relationship with Kenzie, and then he brings up the whole idea about shipping and, uh, you know, that, that there are fans out there that are shipping Vex and Kenzie, and that... <laughs> You know, he really liked the idea. Yeah. Hoped it was something that got pursued. Well, and he said that he plays Vex as like a male Kenzie, right? Yeah. So, you know, all things are possible. But, you know, I I would say, no, it's just, you know, it just seems like every relationship in here, I just, I don't know. I just don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what it is about Lost Girl where when they, when well, characters get into relationships, all of a sudden they start sucking. Well, and that's the interesting thing about this show. I mean, it is so much about sexuality. I almost said human sexuality, about just right. sexuality, obviously, sure. with, with the Fae. But it's also human sexuality because we certainly see it in, in Lauren. Um, but like you said, it just seemed like every relationship ends up a disaster. Yeah. Right. Well, not even that. I mean, I think it's a disaster before because they're in this like complacent, hey, babe type, you know, I'm, yes, I am going back to the babe uh, type thing that's just nauseating you know it's just mm-hmm. like it's you know and, and i felt bad because like at first i thought well maybe it's just me maybe i'm just against relationships you know i've been married like 16 years and and uh i'm you know against relationships how can this be you know and and so you know, i was watching fringe and of course here i'm like you know totally like peter and and uh and olivia, olivia you know um but yeah, i'm thinking like why why you know is it yeah, and, and is it no? It's not because I'm a homophobe. No, it's because because I'm not. Well, you know, against, a, it's not just the the same sex relationships and lost girl. It's any relationship. You know, like it's, you know, most notably, probably number one, the most nauseating relationship was the one between Dyson and Bell. 
Yeah, I couldn't wait for those two to break up. You know, it's just driving me nuts. So I, I think just a part of it, I think, is just the, and I know we're getting away from back here, but, you know, just that they happen so quickly in Lost Girl. Like what? people just fall in love, like on the spot, then, and then they get into this kind of like complacent type relationship and then, and then it's done, you know, and it all happens within three or four shows. Well, I have a theory. Okay. Because I agree with you to, to a lot, although I don't think I found Dyson and Bo as nauseating as you did. Oh, but oh, but I just think that, I think what it is, is even though the show is a lot about sexuality, it's about so much else that it's almost like the relationships don't matter. You know, that, that the, there are so many other good storylines in the show that it doesn't matter. I mean, if you want to throw some gratuitous sex at us, I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I, I agree kind of there, but, you know, obviously, like, any show is going to be driven by relationships to some degree. Um, even, you know, like Warehouse 13, I'm only, like, five episodes in, but there is this kind of um, – it's, it's like there's a possibility there, you know, of, of there being some kind of romance. But you don't really – they're more partners right now. I don't know. We'll see what happens down the line. But certainly, had if they go that way, then – then it wouldn't be a big surprise because, you know, as partners. And and that happens in almost any, especially cop shows, you know, like there's always like, even if you have buddies, like, you know, your, your partner as a cop, but also no matter what, what sex it is, there is a relationship there. And um, it's not necessarily sexual, but there is a deeper relationship than a casual one, you know. And so I think just pretty much uh, a lot of shows are going to, you know, have that aspect to it as part of the narrative, as part of driving, as part of the characterization you know, we care about these characters and we want to see them together because, you know, we, because, because we care about them, because we want them to be happy. We want them to, you know, enjoy life. And back to Vex. Back to Vex. <laughs> that was yeah. a big, that was a big Yeah, turn. well, I think we started talking about Vex, Vex and Kenzie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, right. it's, so, yeah it's like when you go back to, it's like Inception. You know, how'd you get into this dream? Like, I don't know. How'd we get in talking about this? I don't yep. know. Yep. Well, you know, in Subterfanian, you know, Kenzie and Vex are going to this, you know, this performance art gallery. And again, with him, it's like he's, he's you know, he's the friend that insists on going and then complains the whole time he's right. there. Because he didn't want to stay home alone by himself. Right. Yeah. Which, again, you know, for what we know about Vex, it's just, you, you it's, just really like it. It, it is, just adds it very complexity. Funny. And it's, it's also that, again, you know, we think about as him as the dangerous aspect of him. And now as the, the whiny third wheel on, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's funny because of the contrast from what we know of him before. Right. Now, the, he, again, he get, you mentioned this. He gets some great lines. Bo asks... Well, she means if the attack was Faye, and he replies, well, if the acting had been better, perhaps Sir Lawrence Olivier was Faye, not the uh, performance Brit pop, the attack. <laughs> and right after that, though, we start to see he's staying with Bo and Kenzie. He's sleeping on the couch. And, and again, they've given him a place to stay because apparently the, you know, and apparently he's been whining that, you know, the dark Faye don't want him, the light Faye don't, you know, they're mean to him and... You know, he's complaining about the couch, but also a cool scene where we see him. He's wearing Bo's robe while he's eating cereal. Um, and then uh, I can't even remember what happened, how Bo and Kenzie wake up in bed. Um, oh, that was after the sewer, right? Oh, yeah, because right, they, they right, wake right. up and they don't know how they Exactly, how they right, because they don't, right. And, uh, you know, certain, he's making certain comments about, you know, their 
sexuality and, you know, what they may have done. But, you know, that's really, I think, the point where we really see that he's displaced Kenzie as the comic relief, which is nice because, I mean, it gives Kenzie's character a chance to, you know, go somewhere else. All right. Sure. Episode three, Confagion, and this is pretty much his last episode until— Well, the, the one thing about uh, Subterfane, since I've just cottoned on that we're kind of doing this chronologically, but, you know, I like the part in there where, uh, you know, Kenzie and Bo are, are going out, and they're like, are you coming with? He's like, no, nah, there's a there's a, a real Housewives marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I thought that was, that was that was really funny. Well, and, and I guess when he throws a line out there like that, I believe it. I don't think he's just being oh, a no. smartass. Yeah. No, right. he, he, he he's sitting there in his slippers, his kimono. That makes sense if he, he that it's not out of the realm of possibility. He really does want to watch the uh, Real Housewives uh, marathon. But also, we find out that he also got them cable as well, which was, right. that was nice. Right. See, so, so he's not completely useless as a as a house guest. Right. But he's feeling useless because he's lost his power. Right, but getting cable's huge, man. Like, well, man, true. Um, so he figures out a way to get back in the good graces of the Morgan. He's going to steal Bo's phone that's got the incriminating pictures that she took that time when she came onto the Morgan and chained her to the bed and then you know took the photos. I don't know what else to call him, the pig man. Pig, pig man sounds good. That's okay. where I, when I talk to him, that's what I call him. Um, and I found it refreshing, interesting, whatever, that, Vex stood right up to him, even though he knew he didn't have his powers. Now, granted, the pig guy just picked him up and threw him against the wall. True. And pretty much took him out of the fight. But but again, he was willing to stand up. I mean, not unlike what we see Kenzie do on a regular basis. He's clear that he wants his club back and a million dollars. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, that goes back to his relationship with the Morgan. He doesn't seem to be too afraid of her. Um, but at the Morgan's behest, he returns with more thugs. Kenzie gives him, you know, you mentioned this before, the you're better than this speech and tells him losing his powers was the best thing that it could have happened to him because she got to know the real Vex. But th- and then his line, what if I'm not better than this? Right. And, and, Really, that that self examination. Are we going to see him on the light side? Because the other thing that you you again, I we know this is about Vex, but with Tamsin, who's dark Fay, coming over, we now have two dark Fay working with the light. Now, here's right. a theory for you. Okay, I'm going to say Vex is going to become unaligned. That that is a theory. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. That it, that I, I mean, obviously, he's. I think at this point, you can't really go back. You can't make him a, a full on bad guy anymore. Um, that that bird has flown. Well, and I don't think he right. I mean, if you're staying true to what we've seen out of his character, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So. You know. So something along that line is going to happen. Either he becomes unaligned, if if that's even possible. Or he you know, becomes the sympathetic dark fay. He uh, at this point he might even replace. The, I mean, he would become the Morgan, right? Because the leader is the Morgan. So maybe he becomes the Morgan, and but there is obviously is sympathetic, but yet still has those vexed moments. You know where he's not because he's not one hundred percent a good guy. You know he still has moments where he doesn't take the injection or he leads the pig guys back 
to their apartment. You know, he does bad things. Yes, in the end, he does the right thing, but that doesn't change the fact that he, with full intention, did the bad thing. Right. So whose influence is it? Kenzie's? That, yeah, oh, yeah, Lou Kenzie, right. Yeah. So, and, and then, so that would, I mean, that would be interesting uh, if they made him the Morgan, though, then what, what happens to Evelyn then? Or, I yeah. can't remember. But, you know, what happens to her? Because I don't want to see her go. No. You know? So it'd be cool. Like, it'd be interesting. You know, maybe they're reverse roles or something. I believe I she's been in the same number of episodes that Vex has been in. They've And, and, yeah. and obviously in a lot of the episodes, they are connected. And I, I believe of the nine episodes, maybe five or six, they're, they're in them together. A couple of interesting things about his powers. The dominatrix, I mean, has him, you know, bound. And, and when it's clear she's going to stab him, why doesn't he just use his powers? Because at that point, I don't think he's lost his powers yet. No, he hasn't. But isn't it? Does he need his that's what I'm freedom so I, of I, his? I think he's got to. He's got to be able to move his hands. Okay. Like because, um, which I actually read this. I didn't really notice it, but you know the the hand that he tries to like control people with right. is the one he took the injection in. So is the reason why he um, he he's experiencing this loss of powers is because his like you know there's pimp hand is a uh, uh, pimp hand. Uh, is now infected with Bo's blood or whatever, and he, and he can't, uh, you know, he can't use it or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, then that leads me to, you know, okay, we, we find out that he also likes to fix sporting events. Why is he afraid of the red caps? I mean, you, you know, I mean, just yeah. some of these questions I, I that, that occur to me because clearly he is afraid of them. And right. Well, there are a lot of them, and they are there pretty, are a lot of nasty. Them. So yeah. I guess there are limitations. Um, you know, personality-wise, obviously he's all over the map. You know, one minute he looks like a or acts like a petulant little child, the next he's a cold-blooded killer, capable of extreme cruelty. But clearly, he's been changing, and you know, I think that's that's what we see as as season three ends. You know, in the last episode, those who wander, that he's apparently cut a deal uh, with Hale to capture the Morgan, and it's right. got her bound and gagged on a bed. Uh, I think he says something like Lasha Shane and the St. Valentine's Day massacre all rolled into one. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but. Yeah. So, was that, he said that then? Yeah. Like, so, someone tells me that, okay. I remember that line, but for some reason I'm thinking someone else said it, but okay. I'll try well, I guess me, I guess, you know, the taking out the, yeah. you know, whatever right. your that's, impediment that's is. Well, then you think, well, why didn't he do that before? If he, you know, if he can do it, why Why all of a sudden? Because Hale can't help him out with a dark fae, right? Like, if, you know, if, if subverting the Morgan, all he needed to do was whatever he did here, you know, clearly it's something he just wanted to do, so why didn't he do it before, you know? Well, I guess if you take out the Morgan, then who's the leader of the dark fae? Him. Yeah, so I guess. <laughs> all right, um... You know, I think it's 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 funny because I was thinking about if you ask me, who's my favorite character in Lost Girl? And it, you know, the interesting thing is, in most shows that I watch, it would be one of the major characters. If you ask me, who's my favorite character in in uh, you know Continuum, I probably wouldn't say Kira, and I probably wouldn't say Carlos, and, and you know. Um, hmm, that's actually an interesting question. I probably would say Sonia. 
which kind of yeah, that was a, you can't that, see that, it. I just did a full yeah. on eye roll. Yeah, but but in I think for a lot of Lost Girl fans, if you ask them who their favorite character is, I think a lot of them would say Vex. I I would. You know, even though he's only appeared in nine of let's see right. what twenty two plus twenty six forty eight episodes. Yeah, I think it's a case where I'm not saying Bo's boring, but as the main character, as the hero, she can't go crazy in a scene. Like that. Well, she does a couple of times, but I mean, really to, to be able to let loose and to be funny and dangerous and all these things in one, that's, Bo can't be like, cause she's got to be the hero. So she's got to be kind of like stable and normal for the most part, you know, and that's same, pretty much the, the same for almost all the main characters. Um, but Vex can just come in and there's no, he's like, he's like a one night stand, right. you know, there's like, just let's go have fun with them and there's no commitment there's no backs there's no baggage it's just fun let him go let him romp and then he's gone and maybe he'll be back again but uh you know whereas you know again Bo's like the relationship where it has every day it's it's, it's you know we have to be kind of stable because we're in a relationship with Bo, but not with vex right yeah and it's interesting and and, and to be honest one of, again I, I think you're kind of swaying me in in this direction that the morgan is, is again one of my favorite characters not as much as vex but yeah but and for much the same reason right exactly that we don't have to invest in the morgan we can just appreciate her and, and really enjoy when, when she's on the screen um and then you know then we miss her when she's gone because you just deliver them in little nuggets which you can you, you can't do that with Bo and kenzie and dyson and trick you know you just can't and lauren sorry Right. <laughs> you can't uh, uh, you can't do with those characters. They have to they have to be stable and normal to, for the most part. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much we see Vex in season four. True. We, we saw more of them in season three than we, we had before. We so. did. It's again. It's, it's two episodes in season one, three in season two, and four in season three. So hopefully, it's five at least. Yeah, but then again, maybe not too much. You know, because you know, too much that it becomes a, a main character, then, okay, now he falls into the same trap as all those other characters where he has to be like, now we're in a relationship with him. I don't want a relationship well, with Well, right, but... It, or I just you want to hook up with him, him every now and then. Yeah, but I could also see you adding him to the team, so to speak, in, in a similar way that, that we brought on board Tamsin. I sure. Mean, I know a lot of people didn't like Tamsin and didn't like the fact that she was brought on board, but you know, I really liked her. I really thought her character added a lot to the show, but it'll be interesting to see anything else you want to say about Vex. No, we got most of it there. All right. Um, Next time we actually know what we're going to do next time. So you've got, you don't have to wait 20 minutes to to exactly. You've got about a week or so to go out and watch a film called the others. Starring Nicole Kidman, who yeah. ordinarily is one of those actresses I don't like. Yeah. But she's great in this movie. It is a supernatural. We, you know, Wayne and I were talking, I believe it was last episode, about the dearth of ghosts on television, right? Yep. Right. And we'll just leave it at that. We, we don't want to do any spoilers. Netflix, Rent download, stream, whatever you have to do, watch the others. And we're going to talk about that next time. Yeah. It's, that's a, a really good movie from 2001. So it's, it's kind of, Oh, it's that old, huh? Yeah. Which is, you know, you think like, I, you know, I, I can't 
2001 to me is, doesn't seem that long ago, but uh, but you know, 12 years. Yeah, it was 12 years ago. There's another thing, like uh, the the maid in there. There's actually two people in there um, that we know besides Nicole Kidman, uh, Fianola Flanagan. Oh, from Lost and and, and, and Defiance. Defiance is in it, and uh, also Christopher Eccleston. Has really a, has a role in it as well. Yeah, back back in the the early. This is before he was Doctor Who, so. Um, all right. So, so some some things to uh, to look for. All right. Well, that's Chris, sounds... Christopher Eccleston's part is is really uh, it's not it's not a huge part. So. All right. Well, as always, you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail dot com or check out the website fatalist.podbean.com, where you can also leave us a voicemail. And, and again, I put a link in there to the website for the animation project that Chris Holden Reed. And uh, Paul Amos, Paul Amos are working on <laughs> the guy we just talked about, the guy we just talked about. <laughs> uh, just click the green tab on the right side of the page. If you want to leave us a message, uh, if you use that, you're limited to 90 seconds. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And most of our listeners are likely accessing us through iTunes. So until next time, I'm going to miss that a hole.